T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Joining us right now, Colorado head football coach Mike McIntyre. Coach, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Good morning. Good morning. 17-3 victory over Colorado State in the opening game of the season. You got your home opener against Texas State uh, coming up. Uh, What were some of the things that you saw in that first game that you want to improve on in game two? Well, we started out really fast. We were clicking offensively, defensively, and special teams, and then we had a turnover middle of the second quarter, and that kind of stymied us a little bit, and we just didn't – finish like I would like us to so we've got to make sure um, we're able to to keep playing and come back out in the second half and and be able to put more points on the board but I thought overall for our first game that everybody played hard uh, we played sound football and uh, and we can really make a big improvement uh, from last week to this week coach as you just mentioned you hadn't played a ball game Colorado Colorado State excuse me had a game under their belt knocked off Oregon State was that a disadvantage for your club uh, yeah, I do, I do think it is a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, you know, when you uh, when you go play, and you know this, when you know you're out there working and you're practicing against your guys, and you get out there in the speed of the game, and then you know the game, you get a little anxiety, you get a little, you you just kind of wear off a little rust. I always believe coaches have always said this, but I still believe it's true. The reason you improve so much from the first game to the second game is it's live bullets, and now everybody listens a little better when they see a live bullet happen to them on film and go, okay, yeah, that can happen. And uh, so we'll we'll make some adjustments on that with our guys. Mainly it'll be them learning from some little fundamental things they did and understanding things, and then the speed of the game um, picks up too. So uh, I. I uh, um, was pleased that we won the game. I wish we would have finished the game better, but uh, we still won it. I read that you studied, you and your staff studied the comeback that UCLA had over Texas yeah. A&M. Why was it important to you to, to go back and, and watch how they did that? Well, we try to do that with a lot of different games. Um, you know, end-of-the-game situations, how people handle them. You know, would we handle it the same way? And then you watch somebody go, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a great way to handle that situation. And uh, so – we're sitting there. Um, I know. I knew UCLA was getting beat bad, and we were working on Texas State late. And one of our guys had had it on while he was working. He goes, "Coach, you got to come see this. They're on their way back." So there was about five minutes to go in the game. I think it was 44-31 um, when I saw it, and I said, "Guys, let's sit down and get out our get out our time chart. You know, our chart that we follow for two point conversions, for timeouts, for everything you do, different situations that could happen, and let's see if everything holds up." And we sat there and watched it from the Texas A&M point of view and the UCLA point of view, and uh, we did learn a couple things from it, and uh, it was a good <laughs> teaching moment for all of us. What'd you learn? Yeah. Keep trying to run the ball and let the play clock <laughs> yeah. get down past yeah. 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, there's some things that you learn in that. There, there is no doubt. Um, and then one of the things that we kept pointing out to our team, because um, it happened the next day too, my alma mater got beat by Tennessee and Georgia Tech, and. Mm-hmm. It all came down to some blocked field goals that really changed A and M game, UCLA A and M game. If UCLA doesn't block that field goal, I don't know if they win it, you know. And then also vice versa, um, Tennessee blocked uh, Tech's field goal. And I just said how important how, how important that one play is, either protecting it um, or blocking it. 
um, how important that one significant play is. And so we talked about that as a team and went back over our field goal again today and yesterday and showed them how important it was. We always do on Monday, but we had an added emphasis on it. And uh, so things like that, um, can you can have a lot of good teaching moments, not only for yourself, but also for your um, players. You're, I always tell you, you're, either, you're uh, either getting better or you're getting worse. Nothing stays the same, and that's one way we try to do that. Coach, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Georgia Tech because Tennessee, that defense, I think it's the fifth game in a row going back to last season where they gave up over four or 500 yards of, of rushing offense. Now, are all stats like that as far as, far as the rushing – I see them differently. When you're going up against a conventional offense, that's one thing. But you're going up against that option offense, even though you had all summer to prepare for it, it's nothing until you see the real thing. And Georgia Tech, they know how to run the real thing like it's no one's business. So do you look at that differently when your defense struggles against an option offense as opposed to a more traditional offense? Well, I, I definitely think you do look at it a little bit different. Um, there's no doubt because that's a whole unique thing. They won't play another team like that this year when they're in that situation. The thing that going against an option team, because I've gone against them a lot in my past, and, and especially being a defensive coach, is it teaches you a ton of the fundamentals mm-hmm. of how to, you know, how to squeeze the blocks, how the linebacker, either he's going to be underneath the block or over the top of the block. He's got a hat and hand it, you know, the – understanding all those concepts, understanding where your leverage is, if you're inside or outside the quarterback, if you're spilling it to someone, if you're boxing it to someone. Because really, truly, run stoppage, unless you just get overpowered, is how you fit the run, where you know your help is. And um, so, uh, you know, you learn those things with it. But, you know, Georgia Tech's um, quarterback, the one thing you can't um, uh, um, demonstrate in practice to your guys that guy was slippery. I mean, yeah. you know, they got to him. They just couldn't tackle him. I mean, he's really, really good. And, of course, I'm biased. That's my alma mater. So um, I was um, bummed out when they we didn't win it. But uh, I was impressed with that young quarterback. I really was. Gio and Jones with Mike McIntyre, Colorado head football coach across the country on CBS Sports Radio. What point in the season do you know what you have with your team? Because I've – Ask that question to a couple of coaches. Some some say before the first game I knew, and some say, well, it took about six or seven games before I really knew who they were. Uh, what's the answer when it comes to your teams? I think it goes individually, to be honest with you. I think that you know about a lot of your guys, and then you're putting new guys out there, or you switch the guy to another position and, and try to make a position move that would help your team get another good player on the field. And until they've actually played under the lights, and had some bad things happen to them under pressure and how they respond, then you kind of know about those guys individually. Then that makes your team up. That gives you your, your team makeup. Because there's a lot of guys that have played quite a bit. I remember Coach Parcells, when I was coaching for him, would always say, hey, some of the veterans, hey, I, I just got to see you do it a couple times in the preseason game, and that's all I need. No, you still got it. And um, I used to think, well, you know, we're trying to mix our team up. I got to know who the players are, if they still have it, if they can do it. And then I know how my team is. So, yes, you, you, then you kind of build your overall team and you kind of know your strengths and weaknesses. You think you know going in. Sometimes it tweaks a little bit. And sometimes you have to make some changes through the course of the season um, early on. But hopefully you've got everybody in the right place and everybody responds. How do you keep your team from being complacent? After the great year you had a season ago, you played for the conference championship versus Washington just a fantastic year, first 10-win season at least since 2001. How did you keep them from being complacent? Uh, well, <laughs> um, you know, our, the way our season ended, it didn't end well. 
you know, we got beat pretty bad by Washington in the second half of the Pac-12 championship game. And then we went to Oklahoma State, which I kept saying all along was like the second best team we played all year. And everybody's like, are you kidding me? Their offensive talent is off the charts. And I think everybody can see that now, their weapons. And then they had a running back that's made a pro team too now, um, one of their other running backs. Um, so, um, And we got beat pretty good there. So our kids came back, the graduates that um, helped us get here, they graduated. Some of them are playing in the pros. Some of them are out in jobs now and doing well. Um, our guys came back extremely hungry and felt had a bad taste in the mouth the way everything ended. And they also wanted to keep it going because all they hear around here was, was that a fluke, was that a fluke, was that a fluke? And I think that motivates you. I really do. So they still got a chip on their shoulder. You have a new defensive coordinator, DJ Elliott. He comes over from Kentucky. Jim Levitt, last year's coordinator, is now at Oregon. Why was Elliott the right fit for your program? Uh, Elliott ran the exact same defense at Kentucky we run here. Um, there's kind of a little coaching tree within the 3-4. I don't know if you've noticed the 3-4 is starting to come back. Yep. Um, and it, and what we did is we kind of made it a little bit of a hybrid 3-4. We don't always play with two true outside linebackers. We play with a big safety athletic guy. So against spread teams, we can still use him kind of like a nickel back so we can do some multiple coverages. Um, and so that's really helped us. And some people have kind of copied that from us. Um, and uh, he he was doing a lot of that at Kentucky. So there's about five or six schools that do that. Now there's there used to be nobody in our league running the 3-4, and now there's four teams in our league running the 3-4. Well, cool. um, and so I think that that's – I got somebody that was going to run that defense that I wanted to run that we that I put in and we put in, and now we can keep it going. We didn't change terminology. We didn't change anything because we've recruited to it, and uh, hopefully we can keep playing good defense. Well, cool, Coach. We appreciate you joining us. And tell big old Jeremy Irvin, Brian Jones said hello. I'm good friends with his Aunt Helen. <laughs> okay, I sure I sure will, Brian. I appreciate you. I know you Texas guys like to stick together. That's right. He would probably like me to tell you he'd like a Whataburger right now. <laughs> oh, uh, but, uh, come on uh, now. You're making me hungry. <laughs> they, they always have a, a debate out here because we, when we go to California, I get in and out. And <laughs> we haven't played in Texas yet. And I always hear the kids from Texas because we have so many kids on our team from Texas also. Um, they're always arguing, oh, Whataburger's better than In-N-Out. No, In-N-Out's better than Whataburger. So, and, and to be honest with you, I love them both, living in California. I love of them when I go both places. Well, I take a Whataburger, but In-N-Out's not too bad. <laughs> thanks, right. thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Best of luck. Okay, thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.